where the 11 year old, she's like, this is very surreal. It's probably seven o'clock Sunday. I'm like, what, what's surreal? She's like, I don't have anything to do. Tonight or tomorrow. <laughs> was she, like, was that before or after she cracked the high life open? Yeah. This is surreal. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In Province Petrano, here's Eric Bilstad. Good Monday morning to you, Eric Bilstead. Vince taking the week off. Greg Pancake Hill producing the big program. Mike Spaulding in studio along with Steve Scafidi. Who? Oh, me. Hello, Steve. How are you? I'm all right. <laughs> Good. Happy uh, Monday, everybody. Thank you. I love coming in early. It's I'm already here, so I'm here at 6. I could come in at 6 if you want. So. Have you stay till 1 o'clock, cover part of Wagner. Too. Absolutely. You just wake up ready to go? I do. Let's make it easy for Wagner. Let's do, I'll do a couple hours. His show just comes in for an hour, and then we move on to the afternoon show. Maybe I stop in there for like a half hour or so. All right. Just kidding. Governor Evers is trolling Wisconsin's morning news. That story, but first, this. So, Flag Day is Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. And Flag Day was celebrated in Appleton and Wabeka. I think it's Wabeko, right? That's where it was originally. Uh, it sounds wrong. But Wabika? Wabika? I think it's Wabika. Yeah. It's the very first ever flag that yeah. originated there. Yeah. That's in Ozark. We have a lot County. of firsts in Wisconsin. We do. Yeah. So that was over the weekend. So the actual day is Wednesday, but they already had their parades and whatnot. Appleton always has a big one and whatnot. And it got me thinking about, about the flag these days, how I swear every time I look... You know, you see it every day or maybe you don't, but every time I notice it, it's flying at half staff. It's always flying yeah, at half staff, down. it seems like. And there's always the question, hey, what's, why, is it, why is it half staff today? What's going on? And then like checking a calendar, looking around, oh, is it because of this, oh, this tragedy or this or whatever? But I feel like it's always flying at half staff. Such an honor is usually reserved for fallen government officials like a president a member of Congress, Supreme Court Justice, perhaps, Memorial Day, of course, 9-11, things like that. But now I feel like it's oftentimes flying at half-staff, and I don't know what the answer is. I'm not suggesting that someone's life doesn't matter. I'm not suggesting that this person shouldn't be recognized or honored. However, it just seems to me, and I could be wrong, that it's flying at half-staff all the time. The majority of the time, whether it's be for political purposes or whether it's just to honor another, I'd say 99% of the time, it's to honor someone else who had lost their lives, sometimes tragically. Mm -hmm. But have we gotten to the point where we're flying the flag at half-staff too often? I would say yes, but it's discretionary. The, the governor, the president, obviously, have that power, and I think it's become more... It's not accepted. It's just become more popular to do that for almost every tragedy. Now, the world we live in now is instantaneous and second to second, microsecond to microsecond. And we are aware of these tragedies probably more so than we ever were before. So you're seeing it not just at the national level, but the local level. When, when local, I mean statewide. So the, the governors, with all that discretion, they can do what they want. They are literally honoring all of these stories by lowering the flag. Do I think that's right? No. I think it should be held for very special reasons. Yeah, but where do you draw that line? See, that's that's just it. Well, it's still going to be their their discretion, their pick. I just think we need to be a little more stricter. 
Otherwise, if the flag is always at half-mast, you live in a country that essentially is in a doom and gloom forever, which is not a positive Aww. mindset. 855-616-1620 on the old National Bank talk and text line. I, so here's the thing. If you were to say, okay, if we were to look at all the names and all of the, uh, the folks who it has been flown at half-staff for in honor of, whether it's here in Wisconsin or across the state or across the country, I can't, I can't imagine I would say, well, this person didn't deserve that. They all you know deserve what I mean? it. But couldn't you make that argument about almost every instance, every person? They all deserve it. Everybody deserves some sort of recognition that live well-lived. And there's plenty of people that live great lives and have died in, in the service of their, of their duty. And, you know, those are everyday stories now. So literally you could have an everyday case to lower the flag. Does that make it special anymore then? It's, I don't think so. It doesn't become unique or a moment where everybody goes, the flags are lowered. That's a day that we need to start thinking about what's going on here. If it's every day, it becomes passe. Yeah. And it's not special. And I almost feel bad saying it because, again, everyone deserves recognition for those moments and those lives. But if it's always the case, I mean, I'd love to know the raw numbers. And I don't even know. You could, there, there's got to be some, actually some of my old City worker friends could probably know this because they're very attuned to that. People are paying really close attention to when the flags are lowered. Percentage of days, flags lowered versus not lowered. I bet you it's increased over the last 10 years. So you never took it upon yourself to call for that. We do hear that from time to time where... Never. uh, An elected official who is not a governor and not the president will say, hey, you know what we should do? Our protocol was always respected the wishes of the governor and or president. That's it. Whatever the rules were, whatever their their designation was, that was ours. Now, where you get into trouble is, in many communities, large and small, you, you got to track this because that can change pretty quick. And if you don't, then you're in the situation where your flags are not lowered when they should be or the opposite. Awkward. <laughs> Trust me, because there are people that pay close attention to that. Yeah, I suppose so. Do either of you guys have flags at home? Yeah. I don't have the flag pole, but I, we always have some flag or yeah, variation. Yeah, the flag pole. The flag pole. Yeah, I don't. My neighbor has a... U.S. flag and a Marine flag flying below it. Do they always, are they always in line with the protocols? Like yeah, he's got it lit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, he's a Marine, so. Yeah. They we get have a giant flagpole outside of our house, the, no, a humongous one. With no flags on it? No, I don't, um, I don't want to be responsible for that. <laughs> I Because I don't want to be that neighbor that it should be lowered or it should be taken down or lit or whatever. Like I, I just, I have a lot, we have a lot going on. I don't well, know. You can put it up on the special days as long as it's daytime. I mean, you have to have it lit at night. That's what I'm saying. See, but so you're, you're, you're worried about time for that. You're worried about protocol. huh? You're worried I, about offending someone because you didn't do it the correct yeah, way. Yeah. I don't want to get, I, I, I don't want to be that neighbor for the same reason. I mow my lawn and try and keep our lawn looking nice. Like I don't want to be that neighbor. I don't want to get a letter because it would make me irrationally angry. <laughs> But also understanding that if you're going to assume the responsibility, then there are tasks that come along with that. Look, I did a whole hour on my show about people not putting flags out for Memorial Day. Uh, it was embarrassing. There was a couple on my street, hardly any in the neighborhood. It's like, what are we doing? But here? has it lost its significance now the number of times we see it flying half staff? Old National Bank talking text line 855-616-1620. Here's one from the 414. In the past, if I saw the flag flying at half and I didn't know why, I would look it up. I don't bother to look anymore, says this texter. It's a surprise when it's not at half. It's lost its significance. Yeah. Hmm. Now, 
here's here's the again without the raw data the raw numbers is it a perception versus reality thing oh sure Perce- but perception becomes reality yeah, absolutely which is why we use that term it's 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 something that i think a lot of us are aware of it's the reason you probably brought it up is because we're we are it seems like we are in this constant state of flags are at half mast then everybody's there. My wife has asked me, we're driving down Rawson Avenue in Oak Creek. Why are the flags that have staff? And to be honest, some days I don't know. I have no idea. Typically it's loss of life. I think it's, is it always loss of life? I uh, looked it up during the break. There's a couple here. Customary dates to fly at half. Uh, Peace Officers Memorial Day. Yep. Memorial Day. Patriot Day. National Firefighters Memorial Day. Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. I've heard some say that Veterans Day. As a day you would fly at half as well. Then, of course, there are the days when, say, a president, potentially a a congressperson, if they're local, Supreme Court justice, that type of thing. The other one is uh, law enforcement officers. I I think it's from the moment that the the order goes down until they're buried. So that can be, what, three, four days in some cases? So that could be part of this longevity or this increase that you're noticing. 855-616-1620 in the old National Bank talk and text line. Has it lost its significance flying that flag at half-staff in honor of Flag Day, which is Wednesday? 822 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eric Bill said in for Vince Petrano. Vince is off in studio. Steve Scafidi along with Mike Spaulding. We were discussing this um, perception is reality type of deal when it comes to the flag. So Wednesday is Flag Day in all of its glory. And um, one thing that one seems to be noticed more and more now is that the flag is oftentimes flying at half staff. And the governor has the ability to do this, and also there are times when this is something that is just done customarily, if you will. And it got to, it's gotten to a point for me, and especially last year, because you can look it up and see how many times mm-hmm. it flew half staff throughout the summer months and whatnot. And it was it, it seems like it almost has lost the significance, given how oftentimes you seem to see it. Uh, flying at half staff, and oftentimes too, when it is ordered to fly half half staff, it could be for several days. It may not be just for like a twenty four hour event. It could be through a weekend. It could be because of of something else. Um, and I, it got me thinking that you know, it, is that a slippery slope, or is it? It got me thinking that the significance of seeing it has diminished over the years for me. When I see it flying at half staff back in the day, I'd be like, whoa, what? What's this if I didn't already know? Whereas now it's kind of like, oh, okay. It's almost created this guessing game. Why is it at, <laughs> half, at half staff? I mean, to be honest, and, and again, I, I told the story. I don't know why every time why it's, unless I look it up, which is often what I have to do, why it's flying at half staff. Well, I, I guess my question would be, who is it flying at half staff for? Like, is it to service the community and us driving by and wondering why, or is it in service of the person who lost their life? I think that is an important distinction because if you like, what's the reason for not doing it as often as they do because we don't know, or 
But, you know, like it, it, it's just who is it for or who is it meant to uh, represent and support, I guess? It has been in the past for former state representatives. Um, it's also been in the done for fallen officers, obviously, mm-hmm. and things to that nature. Uh, a firefighter, it's been done last year for. So whether or not it's killed in the line of duty, in some cases it's someone who passed away after their time in service. And it's not always necessarily a congressperson or a president or something like that. Just to play devil's advocate, is there, is there a, a point in time where these are being done where it's not honoring the dead, a life well served? Is, is that happening? I don't think so. I just think we're more aware, and and often what happens nationally becomes a local story as well, impact on our lives, that the the governors are now saying, we're also going to do this. And the governors, they may actually have different time periods than the national ones do. National, trust me, the national flag lowering is very, it's it's the ultimate in strict protocols. There's no second guessing. There's no, should it be up, should it be down. Those are all etched in stone. They know when to do it. At the at the state level, I'm not I'm not sure that's the case. Now, the other side of this is a lot of people are saying this. I just got an email about this. Somebody said that it's allowing the public to understand why these things are happening. So it's actually Ooh, that question in okay. our brain is saying why is it lowered? They then take the extra step and, say, and looking into the story, which I think is a good thing. So that's that's another way to look at it. A strong reminder. So then yeah. you are taking the time to learn about said individual or event. That took place. Officer was killed in the line of duty. I want to find out about that officer. Even if they're, they don't live or work, they haven't lived or worked anywhere near me. Here's their story. That's why I care about it. So there, there's the uh, public awareness aspect of that as well. That's not a bad thing. From the 414, it's not really a guessing game. 90% of the time, it seems like it's for a mass shooting. I'd rather have it for tragedies than some guy who spent 20 years as a state rep. That from the 414. Well, and there's a difference, too. One one of these comes from the governor, the other from the president. Correct. Right? right. I was just looking up the list of them that were since February, and the shooting in Nashville, Tennessee that happened back in March, it was lowered for that. In the state of Wisconsin. In the state of Wisconsin mm-hmm. so, by presidential proclamation. Okay, so the president over overrode the any governor's decision. And that yes, and that was from March twenty seventh through the thirty first. So that's a that's you know, four days. That's a long time. I think probably again to respect the the incidents, the tragedy, and then when these individuals are buried. Eight twenty seven on Wisconsin's morning news. Back in a minute, we'll check in the headlines with Mike. Wisconsin's Morning News with Vince Vetrano, Eric Bilstead, along with Mike Spaulding, Steve Scafidi, Debbie Laskas on the roads, and Greg Hill is producing the big show today. There are several different ways to make money, and there's one industry that's making billions of dollars. So why aren't we tapping in? That story after the news. Bank Talk and text line 855-616-1620 from the 414. I heard Steve's voice and I thought I was late for work. No, no, Steve is sitting in in the 8 o'clock hour as is Mike Spaulding. I'm here anyway. Are you off there? I'm here anyway. I guess I have to learn how the protocol is in the 8 o'clock hour. I'm here anyway, so why not jump in? 
Hey, I got to ask you, so what did you do with your kids during the summer months? I had a moment yesterday where the 11-year-old, she's like, this is very surreal. It's probably 7 o'clock Sunday. I'm like, what? What's surreal? She's like, I don't have anything to do tonight or tomorrow. <laughs> I was, she, like, was that before or after she cracked the high life open? Yeah. This is surreal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you little punk. <laughs> yeah, so uh, a school, a summer has officially started in our house. So the two younger ones, the middle schoolers, have a couple of days here where they don't have anything going on before you know we crank up with activities. I'm just curious what you did with yours. Okay, this is you know quite a ways ago because my daughters are like 38 and 35. But I do remember they were very active in cheerleading and palms, uh, Chrissy with sports. And then we took a lot of vacations to northern Wisconsin when we had a place up north. So, I mean, we... They were always busy. I mean, mm. uh, and then when they got a little older, of course, they worked. Yeah, my oldest one's working. The other two right now are. Does he like working? Oh, he loves it. Yeah, see, that's he the He works way at a golf course. He absolutely loves it. That's the best. It. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Do something you love and make some, make some coin, and you're outside. Right? Is he shuffling golf carts around? Is that what he does? That's part of his yeah, job. Yeah. That's the best. Yep. What kid doesn't want to drive a golf cart around? That is like the best job ever. <laughs> I got a kick out of it when I, I was retired for a little bit after my private sector work, and I worked at a golf course. I loved it. I was picking up golf balls, daydreaming, so and then, then WTMJ called me. We're thinking about changing it up this year as far as the chores go, because in years past, we'd have like a draft, and they'd have to like draft which chore they want, and there'd always be arguments, and there'd always be one that's so much harder than the others. This year, we're thinking about making maybe making chore cards so every day they got to pick a card. Pick one, yeah, not bad. It's good. You got to do that one. What would be the, the what's on that chore list? Let me let me let me hear. What um, are. could be weeding. That's that. No one. I don't even like weeding. No one likes weeding. That's like a bad chore. Could be vacuuming. Could be taking the dog for a walk. Could uh, be, dogs are fun. Vacuuming. Yeah, no. eh. yeah, it could be just cleaning the dishwasher, clearing out the dishwasher. That's that type of thing. Fun, horrible job. Not no, fun. some of them are easy. They love to tackle the easy ones. And then all of a sudden, there's like three really tricky ones. What about that, grass cutting? Is that on the list? Uh, that's not really a chore. They have to do it. Oh. But that's more of a That's a on their job. assigned list yeah. already. Right. Are you, this has nothing to do with this topic, but uh, sort of. Do you, um, are you a have to make the bed or not make the bed? Uh, my wife's still in bed when I get up, so she No, not your it. bed, your kid's bed. Oh, yeah. yeah you gotta yeah. make your bed. Just pull the sheets up. Yep. You don't like formally make the bed. Well, I, I mean, we asked them to make their bed. I'm not going up there checking it. I'm not You're not, doing military, military. You're not no. bouncing a dime off of it? <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. So Governor Evers and Democrats were in Green Bay for the weekend celebrating the state party convention. The Republicans will host theirs in La Crosse this upcoming weekend. Democrats were this past weekend, like I said, in Titletown. And, ooh, the governor made a little bit of news. Now, look, it's just family here this weekend, so... I don't care what you call me. You call me governor, you can call me Tony, you can call me two-term Tony, or three-term Tony. I don't mind. Just don't call me Shirley. (laughs) The governor's office would not confirm that he's running for re-election when the Journal Sentinel reached out to him. So nothing there, there, just something that he happened to say. Of course, he had a long time before that. Now, as you know, we have some fun sound bites that we'd like to play of the governor from time to time, right? Mm-hmm. You know that this is something that we enjoy to play. I am jazzed as hell. And he brought back the jazz as hell during his speech. How the heck are all of you? <laughs> jazz as hell? Yes! Yeah. <laughs> Always jazz as hell. Jazz as hell. Jazz as hell? Jazz as hell. <laughs> is he the only person that says that? I don't know anyone else that says that. Uh, so here's why I think the governor 
was trolling Wisconsin's morning news mm. during his speech. As you may or may not know, Vince Vetrano likes to, there's a certain soundbite of the governor that he likes to play time and time and time again. It's when the governor, I think it was the day before the election this past year. And he was like, look, here's what we're doing. This is what we did. We also fixed the damn roads. We fixed the damn roads. So it's like Vetrano's favorite soundbite of the governor, just because of just the, you know, almost the frustration in his voice. Hmm. Well, the governor mentioned the damn roads during his speech. Investments in our kids, our communities, our public schools, fixing the damn roads and so much more. I'm telling you that that was a hat tip. I'm gonna. He's on the show Wednesday at 9:35. I'm just gonna ask him. Are you trolling the morning show with your fix the damn roads or this jazz? Where's this jazz? Thing? Is he a fan of jazz? No, he's just jazz as hell. Jazz no, as hell. Nobody says that anymore. Jazz as hell. Do you have a go-to saying that you like to? What, what do you drop? What's your go-to saying? Go-to saying? when you're excited. Like I'm pu- when I'm usually I'm, it's I'm jazz pumped. as hell. No, no, it's not. I'm pumped. That's I'm pumped. I'm jacked. That's mine. Uh, oh boy, go ahead there, Greg. <laughs> Come on, Greg knows because he knows all everything you've ever said. Greg, what is what is Bill Stead's goal? I don't, I don't really have one. Ah! Yeah, that uh, one's good. He'll drop like, oh baby, if we're yeah, things yeah. get rowdy in he the He stole that from you, Debbie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh baby, usually be a scoff in there. So yes. Anyway, he uh, is jazz as hell to be back at it. How old is Tony? He's like sixty six, right? He's up there. Yeah, yeah. 66, he's in, his, he's in his 60s or 70s. I, well, I, How old is okay, the governor? I'm sorry. I, I should know this. To, I didn't want to offend anybody. That's, a, I, that's, I an, AG, that's an AG reference. 71. 71? Thank you. So what has he got? How many years? he got two years left? At least. Okay. Just so started. In his, in his term. What oh, okay. Well, he, I don't know. He's got two yeah, years. He's up there. He just I won. 73. So then you're talking seven. Then you're starting to get into, you know, uh, Trump-Biden yeah. area. Well, is he too old to lead the states? Those kind of questions. That'd be like two terms from now, right? Three more plus another one. If it was three term Tony, so, then I think you're you're kind of getting closer to the. When he's on age. your program later this week, you should <laughs> ask him. All right, nine thirty five Wednesday. Must <laughs> listen to radio. Eight forty four Wisconsin's morning news. An unbelievable story in the South American rainforest. They're calling it a miracle. Four young children survived 40 days in the American, I'm sorry, in the Amazon jungle. 40 days. Some people around here can't spend two days up north. (laughs) These kids spent 40 in the Amazon jungle. It's in their DNA. They know how to survive in, in the worst conditions. The folks up north or the, no. these kids down there? We are weak in Wisconsin. Are you kidding me? Oof. We, we're, we're, we go crazy when mosquitoes are bad, even though there's perfectly good deep bug spray that will knock that right out. This story in southern Colombia has captured the globe with these four children surviving. A plane crash killing their mother and two other adults, including the pilot. Search teams finding the plane, but not the children who were also on board. Small footprints and half-eaten fruit giving rescuers clues to their path. Then a recording of their grandmother was used, telling them to stay put. Turns out it was the 13-year-old who 
used her knowledge of the Amazon to keep them all alive and safe. The ages here, 13, 9, 4, and 1. A one-year-old kid survived 40 days in the Amazon jungle. So, I don't know. And we get upset when we see a spider walk on the wall. I still don't like spiders or snakes. And there's a lot of them in, in the Amazon. So... The 13-year-old probably took charge here, right? Is that what we're thinking? They, they say that the 13-year-old did have some knowledge of how to survive in a difficult terrain. More than that, he 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 did the incredible. An understatement. Yeah, he did the incredible, right? I mean, a one-year-old, it's hard to raise a one-year-old in a comfortable house in a suburb. He's doing it in a jungle in the Amazon. Are you kidding me? So they ate flour. That was their main source of sustenance for the most part. There was flour on board the plane that they were able oh. to grab and eat. So they used all of that. Then they went off to find other places to eat. When crews found the helicopter weeks after the crash, when the crews found the plane crash, I should say, they saw a trail of footprints and they found half-eaten fruit. Hmm. I don't know why you wouldn't eat the whole thing. I mean, you're... <laughs> Maybe it wasn't good. It's not wasteful. <laughs> <laughs> eat all of that. Finish the apple. Don't throw that away. Is there apples in the jungle? Probably not. Um, So anyway, they did end up finding them. What's so remarkable about this story, too, is that it sounds like, according to one of the reports I saw, the mom survived the crash initially and ended up telling them, like, hey, I am not going to make it. I am not going to make it. You kids need to figure this out and go and find help. So how long was she alive? uh, I mean, they're still piecing that together. I heard a couple of days maybe she was mortally wounded. Mm. Um, but they found them just a couple of miles away from the crash site. They had more than a hundred people searching for these um, these kids, and at one point, like one of the special ops dogs found them and hung out with them. Like like they found a dog and and hung out with that. But think about that. Like there are folks who struggle to go to Menominee Park <laughs> and spend a night, you know, thirty minutes from here, and these kids were doing it. In the jungle. Imagine in that rainforest, they would have had torrential downpours and then issues with getting food, with clean water. I think there was someone in their family that gave them some traditional knowledge. And I think that's what saved them for the most part. Yeah, it's an expert there, Dr. Timon Chen, who is talking to ABC about it. I mean, poisonous snakes, animals that will eat, literally eat you, horrendous conditions, and very limited access to any food that you could scavenge on. You know, there couldn't have been a case of protein bars on this plane, like something you could take along. They had flour, which I don't know what they do, other than just consuming flour, which probably wouldn't be that much fun. No, they just, they just ate the flour, right? Just- oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they consumed it all. Mm. But this story is one that gives us hope, and it also gives us an example we can give to any one of our kids who complains that they're too cold outside or too hot or can't walk that far. <laughs> the survival rate of an American kid in the jungle would be zero. Let's be honest about it. They would be complaining about the mosquitoes and all the other stuff in the first five minutes, and they would literally could have food on the plane that just crashed, and they would not be able to access it. Where's the food at? Unless it's brought to them, they would not be able to survive. Speaking of mosquitoes, now that's starting to rain a little bit. Hmm. Let's start seeing them. What are you cheerleading for mosquitoes? I, I'm not saying that at I all. I love the fact we have no mosquitoes. I didn't. I I'm... spent hours outside the last couple of weeks enjoying the beautiful nights. <laughs> so Steve Scafidi is joining us here in the 8 o'clock hour. You start up here with Carol Kane at 9 o'clock, right? Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to check in, find out exactly what you got cooking. We'll do that next. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Lots of texts 
Snarky text suggesting that there's no way an American kid could survive. No way. In the Amazon. I, you know what? I will say this, though. I do firmly believe that their human nature is to find a way to survive. Whether it's the guy who, like, treaded water for, what, 56 hours in the Gulf Coast That's after he crazy. fell off. That cuts shirt. his own arm off. Yeah. You know? yeah or the yeah. guy who got stuck. In uh, Utah, what was it? He used, yeah, he ended up rock cutting, climbing. Yeah, yeah. rock climbing. Got his arm pinned and had to cut it Those off. Those are adults, though. Adults, the mind's a little more further <laughs> down the road. You can figure things out. Steve Scafidi and Carol Kane kick off here officially at nine. When you got cooking? So I'm fascinated by the Trump story. Obviously, the, the, the fact that a you know a former president now criminally indicted. We'll see. Uh, was 37 counts Tuesday, three something in the afternoon, Miami courthouse. Uh, this could be the beginning of a series of these charges yep. on, on various fronts, Georgia and other places. Um, but I'm, I want to look at the relationship part of this, because over the weekend, I experienced this directly, where a, a friend of mine, a good friend, grew up with him, is is overly invested in the Trump story, I feel, to the point where it becomes almost hateful, the responses. And look, I can be snarky, too, with the best of them, and especially on Twitter, because that's kind of the, the, point, sure. the place yeah, for yeah, that. The, yeah. And, and the, the context of Trump is... That's kind of the world he lives in. But are we, are, are we ready to go down the road where we're going to blow up even more friendships based on whatever haps, happens to the former president? His former attorney general on Sunday basically said, this is bad. This is, this is a bad thing that's happening. He brought it on himself. There's no apologizing that, you can, that he can do to make up for it. So in the context, again, of that story, those charges... I'm not sure that there's any way he gets out of this. And then my question is, so are we prepared, those of you who support Trump, are you prepared to go to the wall for this guy? Because, boy, that's a, that's a tough one to, to tackle. We're gonna t- we'll talk about that, relationships and Trump. 858, Steve Scafidi and Carol Kane next on Wisconsin's Morning News. And now the 3-2 swung on, a pop foul back here. Ow! really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far.